0: Hey, what's happening, everybody? I'm Larry Roberts, and this is another episode of the Readily Random Podcast. You could be larger than life, the world, the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. I tell you what, man, I love that song. You know, you can be larger than life. And, you know, even though, um, well... If you looked at me, you would see that I'm, I'm pretty freaking large. I'm a little larger than life just by myself. But that's not what the song is about. The song is about living life to its fullest. And as you well know, I do my best to live life to the fullest. I'm so stoked to be back today on the Redly Random podcast. You know, I've been out for a little while, I haven't been recording, but we released an episode this morning. And the only reason I'm even announcing that episode is because this one's going to come out as well. And this one's kind of, it's got a time constraint on it, so i got to make sure that this episode we're recording gets out to the people so that we can help our guests promote his event that's coming up. But today's episode features Adam Lewis-Walker. He is of Podcast Magazine and also Awaken Your Alpha. Adam is just a phenomenal speaker. He's a great guy. He's a former athlete that had to, he injured himself and he had to work his way back up and he found himself giving speeches and motivational speeches and And it just blossomed into where he's at today. And he's going to tell you all about that, as well as, get this, his TEDx talk. Dude landed a TEDx talk. Would love to land a TEDx talk. I can barely do a regular talk, but a TEDx talk would be cool. So anyways, y'all check that out, man. It's great. Go ahead and give that one a listen. And uh, let me know what you think about it. I'd I'd like to get a little feedback on that one. So enough about that guy. Let's talk about our guest today. Today I'm joined by Ever Gonzalez. And Ever is the founder of Outlier HQ, which is a, uh, it's a media and events company that provides resources to help entrepreneurs start, grow, and scale their businesses. He's also the host of Outlier On Air, which is a weekly podcast that interviews founders, disruptors, and here's my favorite, mavens. That sounds so cool, mavens. What's up, Ever? Welcome to the show. Hey, man, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. This Does is a- going to be a lot of fun. I hope so, man. I hope we have a great time. So, man, I got to ask you, tell me about Mavens. What the heck is a Maven? Yeah,
1: and the way I understand it, right, those that are out and about and know a lot of things early on about a lot of different topics and then are kind of the, the early adopters, right, the, whether it's tech or strategies or things like that, those are the first people usually in a community, in a tribe, that that are adopting new ideas and then, you know, the rest follow for the most part.
0: I dig that. It sounds like a superhero or something, you know? And That's if right. you can see behind me, I'm a superhero nerd. So I, it kind of fits into my, my persona there. So Ever, it's great to have you on the show. I really appreciate it. I happened to come across your event just a, a few days ago when you were on my buddy Scott Carson's podcast. And you guys had an excellent episode together. And old Scott, you know, he dropped my name a little bit. So I thought, well, That's if you're right. dropping my name, I'm going to reach out to yeah. Ever and see what's up. So uh Scott's ta- a great guy. Scott is a great guy. You know, and it was just a, I don't even know how we met, but it was just, oh, actually he reached out to me, invited me to speak on one of his virtual conferences. And I did that and a friendship blossomed and we met each other at Podfest and had a good time there. But uh yeah, he's a great, great guy. So I noticed that you know, I mentioned Adam Lewis Walker and he's one of the speakers on your upcoming events as well. Yeah, we we um we kind of pride ourselves in collecting a lot of the these uh
1: talented podcasters and entrepreneurs to kind of come in and and be part of our community. And so, yeah, I kind of have my eye out. The rest of our ambassadors are out there kind of collecting, again, cool ideas, cool people in in podcasting in general for this specific uh, festival that I think would be beneficial to those in our audience. And so those two guys are are certainly uh, making some noise in their own lane. And so we decided to invite them to attend our, not only to attend, but to speak at our event.
0: That's awesome, man. I'll definitely be joining the event. If I don't have a conflicting uh, appointment, I may be speaking that weekend at a different virtual conference, but if that doesn't come through, I'll definitely be participating in the Outlier uh, Outlier Virtual Podcast Summit. So, obviously, you took it virtual, right, for this particular event just because of the old Rona that's hanging around. Right. Do you normally have them virtual, or uh, do you no. normally have yeah, them live? It,
1: this is this is it. Although it's not new to us, uh, having it uh, being a, a virtual event is is a little bit different than what we normally do. We host this podcast festival three times a year all over the U.S., and so we kind of pick different cities with uh, an up and coming uh, podcasting community, or one that's kind of well established there already. And uh, again, every Every year, three different cities, three different festivals, and the in-person live events are, are amazing, right? People really enjoy them. They get to interact with uh, the speakers and all the other professionals that come along with the indie podcasters. And, and magic happens there, right? Our sponsors, everybody else that's there, it's, it's a good time. It's a party. We don't take ourselves too seriously, right? It's uh, We play a fast and loose and try to keep it a little bit of punk rock. Uh, and it's great. You know, we've all been to uh, events, and I'm not knocking these events because they're, they're great events. But with all the cool lights, the the awesome backstage lighting, the the just the the big production, and and some events need that stuff. For us, we need a cool space, usually an old theater, a co working space, something that's a little bit different. Never a hotel, a conference center, never the traditional type of setting. Uh, so a stage, uh, room for about 200 people, and then my outlier flag in the background, and that's it. We we think that's enough of the the amazing people that are there and the content that's being shared from our stage is enough. And so that's what we've been doing. And like you mentioned, up until recently, we decided to take this virtually just because we don't want. uh, Obviously, we want to keep our community safe. We want to be able to kind of comply with some of the things that are out there in in these different states and different cities. And so because we do three, we were able to get Salt Lake City off the ground in January before all this hit. Had an amazing show there. Our next event was going to be Columbus, Ohio in May. So this is coming up in a couple of weeks that we decided to take virtual. And then in September, we were going to head out to the Northeast, North Adams, Massachusetts, a cool up and coming community. A lot of uh, indie podcasters out there, a lot of great talent. And so just two or three weeks ago, we decided to take that one uh, virtual as well, even though some of the restrictions I'm assuming are going to be lifted by then. I don't know that people are going to want to hop on a plane and, and be in, in large crowds like that. And so we kind of wrote off 2020 for live events and we will pick it up again in, in 2021. But th- that's not stopping us from having cool people get together uh, virtually. And, and that's what we're doing here in the next couple of weeks or actually next week.
0: Right. Next weekend, I believe, is when the, the next one is, starts Friday or starts Thursday of next week.
1: So so, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, all day Friday. Oh, wow. Okay. uh, 13th through the
0: 15th. So I was off by a day there. I I knew it was a three-day event, three-day event, man. That is spectacular. You know, I went to podcast movement last year and I think I was there for four days and, uh, I've been on some other virtual conferences that last two days, but I have not seen a virtual conference lasting three days. And, you know, I got to looking at your lineup and you've got some cat daddies in that lineup for sure. Yeah, it, it's been fun. I We were a
1: little bit worried thinking, you know, our bread and butter, our niche, our, you know, superpower is these live events. Where we're able to kind of uh, put a good vibe together. People continue to follow us from city to city because they enjoy it so much year after year. And so we were a little concerned that having it virtually was going to kind of dampen the atmosphere or the vibe. But no, the speakers that we've reached out to to come and join us all said yes, right? We, we didn't have any no's that uh, we reached out to. And they're all in, and so we're going to try to recreate that magic uh, virtually. It's going to be a little bit of a challenge, but but a lot of the speakers are doing their sessions live, and so obviously people can kind of interact virtually with them, asking questions, chat, or even video. And some of them are going to be pre-recorded, but all of them are going to be available. So, like you, that they has a prior commitment, one of those days, you'll have access to all of the videos uh, after the fact as well. And so, those that you didn't get to see live, you'll be able to play back. And so. That that's what we want, obviously, right? The the good content, the the knowledge and the skills that these guys are going to present to for you to have it always, so that you can learn from them and, and grow from. Them. That's that's the entire reason that we do this.
0: You know, I think it's kind of interesting the the virtual conferences that I've seen lately and been participating in. And you mentioned that even being able to ask questions and interact with the speaker during their presentation. Not often do you go to a conference or or a get together and be able to interrupt the speaker per se, and ask a question right then and there. And I think that's been extremely cool in the ones that I've participated in because you can see the questions, or at least depending on the format that you're running it, the the speaker can see the questions as they come up Mm -hmm. and you can actually address those questions and give that person a shout out for asking the question, which really gives them a sense of involvement. Like he said my name, he brought me into the conference or she said my name and she, she put my question up on the screen. And I think that's a level of involvement that the virtual aspect brings that you don't really get at the in-live sessions.
1: It's funny. Over the years, I, I've obviously spoken at a lot of different stages, my, my own and, and others that I can invite to speak. And obviously, I always have a, a presentation prepared, a talk prepared. And I'm, you know, I'm going through it, but I invite people to ask questions. Because if I go in there and I say, this is what I think the group wants, and I'm heading down that path, But actually, the group wants this. And and I know because of the questions that they're asking, I pivot. Like, I don't say, hey, let's hold it to the end because I'm going to get through this no matter what. If these guys want to talk about this or want this, we're going to go that way. And so I, I try to, obviously, we don't force our speakers to do that, but we try to encourage them to do that. You're there because you're trying to obviously give your expertise on something. But if the audience wants maybe tweak something tweaked a little bit or go in a different direction that you are still more than capable of kind of addressing, Go with them. Right. They're going to get more out of this and enjoy your presentation more and, you know, see you as this this authority if you give them what they want, how they want. And so, yeah, that's that's big for us Uh, live uh, during live events and virtual events.
0: That's cool, because, you know, just like you were saying, it adds to your credibility and it solidifies you as the subject matter expert on whatever your talk or whatever your your speech is all about. And I love that aspect of it. And I love that aspect of the podcast community you know, I've said this and I even wrote an article about it. I have never seen a community and I've been involved in a variety of things in my 47 years. So I've been involved in a variety of different communities, but I've never seen a community that was so essentially unified and so open and so willing to help and so willing to share and support and uplift their fellow podcasters. And it's just an amazing feeling, an amazing opportunity to take advantage of this type of a community, you just don't see it often. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's funny, right? Because of the
1: position that we're in, we get to see that quite a bit. And you're right. There, there's something special about this community. And, and I don't know. It's because if it's because it's, it's still somewhat new, right? I, I know people say, Oh, mailing podcasts, it's, it's still a baby, right? I don't know if it's because it's new and we're all still trying to figure this whole thing out or if there's just something different about this, right? With we have 200 plus events under our belt, wow. under the entrepreneurship type of uh, events, right? It's pitch competitions, uh, just webinars, formats, all that stuff. And those events were, were awesome and, and we had a great time and, and a lot of people were very helpful and, and they wanted to help one another. But this podcasting community kind of takes this to the next level. There, It doesn't feel like we're competing for downloads. We're not competing for sponsors. We're not competing for a lot of these different things. It's, um, it, yeah, it's, it's different and, and I love it. And it, it shows at our events, it shows at other events that I go to, everybody like Scott that we just talked about and he's uh, Harry Duran as well. They're like, Hey, what do you need? How can I help? I'm in. And then it's uh, it's off to the races from there.
0: Yeah. It's extremely, extremely cool. And you know, I think that's one of the things like you just mentioned, I, I was having a conversation yesterday or day before with a local comedian. Cause I thought I was funny for a while and got involved in the Dallas Fort Worth commu- comedy scene. And he was saying that right now, you know, with all this virtual stuff going on, they're doing virtual comedy shows and everything online. Uh, virtual open mics, the whole nine yards. And he's like, this just sucks because now the market's flooded. It's saturated. And my retort to that was it's not that the market's saturated. Maybe the talent isn't saturated enough because you're going to stand out regardless. And although we have a million, over a million now podcasts that are out there in the podcasting universe, the number of active podcasts that have released a new episode in the last two months Still remains essentially the same. A lot of people, I think, they get intimidated by the fact that there's a one million podcasts out there and they start comparing themselves to this person or that person. Do you see that a lot at these events that you have? And, and do you have an opportunity to tell everybody, man, you, you don't have to compare yourself to them. Be you. Be you and do yeah. your thing. Well, we, we
1: see, we definitely see it with, with the newbies, right. With, with those that are just starting exactly. out, right. Cause they're, they're start, and I don't care if it's podcasting or anything else for the most part, as we're new to something, we compare ourselves to those that have been in the game for, for a while or those that we want to kind of uh, be like. And so we try to, Oh, shoot 10 million downloads, uh, 500,000 downloads. I have six downloads. Right. And so they start feeling bad about themselves. They start trying to figure out ways to kind of do it with shortcuts. It it doesn't work. You have to play the game. You have to, you have to be all in. You have to have great content. You have to be consistent. There are a lot of different things that you need to do. But again, because of the position that I'm in, uh, I mentor and consult with a lot of different groups and and individuals. And and I'm like, don't worry about what Joe Rogan is doing, man. You're not going to be Joe Rogan. I don't know that that we need another Joe Rogan. We need another you for the most part, right? If you have something interesting to say, people are going to find you. And you and I were talking about this the other day. It, it, it doesn't matter, right, to, to me anyway, and I, it shouldn't matter to a lot of different people. I would rather have 500 raving fans, uh, ambassadors, people that follow me and, and love the the content that I provide and the things that I do, than 25,000 people that are like, meh, okay, I follow his page. I kind of see him around and and it it doesn't matter. I want people that are all in. And the only way that you're going to get people all in is if, and I've said this in another podcast, if you let your free flag fly, and who are you, right? You, Larry, specifically uh, from what I know about you, business guy, comedian, right? Be that. Incorporate your nerdiness with your superhero stuff and and everything. And you're gonna find <laughs> you're gonna find your tribe that way, right? You're gonna find others that are into that stuff too, and and see you as an authority figure because you're you're out there and you're pounding the pavement. And so that's what I kind of tell to the newbies and we see it at every single conference because we get new people coming in sure. with ideas of a new show and I'm just like be you be consistent do what you can and don't worry about trying to be the next Joe Rogan or the next whoever is out there people are going to find you if you are passionate and you are yourself.
0: Well and that, you know that was a lesson that took me a long time to learn. You know I've been in the game for 5 years and you've been in the game for quite a while yourself. I noticed when I was looking at your podcast, you've got like 430 episodes. I mean, that is a ton of content. Let's put this on pause for just a second and talk about that journey, you know, because obviously, like we were just talking about, when you first start out, you're probably trying to emulate someone. You're trying to, you've seen something that you you really like. You're like, okay, I'm going to take this approach. And sometimes that leads to, not sometimes, I'm just going to back that up and say all the time, that will lead you to some problems. So was it a little rough going in the, at first? And you know, obviously now over 430 episodes, you've moved yourself into a position of you're really a leader, a thought leader in the podcasting space. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's funny. looking back, right? it feels like everything was planned,
1: every we had an awesome strategy from the very beginning, and we are where we are now because we figured it out from the very beginning. But that's not the case, right? It, it took us a 100 episodes to really figure out who we were, what we wanted to do. I sold my company, my background's in logistics. I sold the company in 2013, uh, had a little bit of time on my hands trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And so I knew a couple of things uh, about myself. I knew that I loved business and that I liked talking to people. And so we started this podcast. Uh, in the beginning, it was not even, you know, what I would consider a side hustle. It was just a, a project, a fun thing that kind of kept me entertained. And after a little while, it got some some traction and some speed and we had bigger guests and and more downloads and things like that. So from there, again, it took us a year, year and a half, maybe, we realized that we had something a little bit special. And so from there, we started a co-working space, we started hosting events. And then what Outlier is today is because of the things that we did back then, we wasted some time, definitely wasted some money trying to kind of go in a lot of different directions. But once we realized that we were a media and events company, uh, that's all we have focused on. And it's been entrepreneurship slash podcasting that's been our focus for the last three and a half years now and it's been, it's been fantastic. But yeah, the very beginning, my first episode was with Chris Brogan, if you know him, author, big, big guest. And I screwed up his name, right? <laughs> I was nervous throughout the whole thing. I don't do this during my episodes because, you know, it's not the kind of show that I had, but I was so nervous that I asked him how much, how much he made oh. last year. And I, I don't want to, you know, some, some people do that. I don't want to do that. And, right. But to his credit, he answered it, right? He was like, well, I made this and this and this, and next year I hope to do this. But, you know, I look back and I cringe a little bit about uh, some of the things that I've done in the past. <laughs> and, you know, they've been some some great ones. Andy Weir, if you know him, the author from uh, The Martian that got turned into the, the movie uh-huh. right? with uh, with Matt Damon. I've had in, because I'm a fanboy, I, I invited him to come on and he'd been on a couple times talking about a couple different books. But right now we're in a great spot. We talk to cool people that we like outliers around the world that are doing amazing things in sports, music, uh, movies, uh, business. And so it's just, we have a focus now. And and ever since we kind of realized what it was,
0: it's been nonstop since. See, and that's kind of where I made the mistake too. And, you know, I know we're we're mixing this conversation a little bit with starting a podcast and having Outlier HQ. We're kind of combining the two in the conversation here. But, you know, when I first started out, I had a comedy podcast that was a little blue. You know, it was Adam, uh, not Adam, it was Andrew Dice Clay and and Sam Kennison-esque type stuff. Actually, if you really want to know who it is, the comedian today is uh, Joey Diaz. I don't know if you know who Joey yeah, Diaz sir. is, I'm, but when I heard Uncle Joey, I was like, oh my God, I am sold. I am in on this, man, 100%. So I jumped in and actually I've even worked with Lee Syatt, his producer, to, uh, to try to get my podcast focused. Now, Lee Syatt, you know, we won't talk too much about that, but you know, he might have been hitting the blunt a little bit today he mm. talked to me, and the advice mm, wasn't nice. really all that focused. <laughs> but anyways, you know, that's another story. But my whole point is is that, you know, I I wanted to go and be readily random after the comedy scene because the comedy scene really wasn't going to take me anywhere with that particular show because it was just a little too hard to market, too hard to, to turn into a side hustle. And I think that's everybody's kind of like their downfall is at least at what I'm seeing a lot within the podcast movement space uh, on the Facebook page and that sort of thing is everybody wants to make money right out of the gate. How do I make money? How do I get sponsors? How do I get this? How do we, bro, you're not, and rarely does it happen. Rarely
1: marketing dollars already behind uh, your show.
0: See, and that's so key right there, man. And people don't understand that. And I didn't understand it at first either. You know, I wanted to, to make the money. I wanted to quit my job and, and be a podcaster full time and do this and that. And, you know, when the downloads were just trickling in and the sponsors weren't knocking down my door for me to sell Satva mattresses or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, none of that was happening for me and I was getting frustrated. And that, I think, is, it leads to a lot of opportunities for people to experience what they call pod fade, yep. you know, and they do say that, what is it, seven episodes? Most podcasts don't even yeah. make it past seven or eight episodes. So When I started getting involved in communities like yours and events like yours, that's when I started to see me establishing myself. That's when my show started to really kind of get focused. And although I'm readily random, and I'll always be readily random, uh, you, in a sense, although you're focused, are somewhat random as well. Absolutely. You, you, You talk to outliers. You talk to people that inspire you, people that interest you. You know, when I first started this particular podcast, I was going on Amazon and just finding authors of books that I that I, I loved. So mm-hmm. I'd reach out to them. You know how many said no? Uh, maybe one. And they all were like, "Yeah, that's great. Come on!" And I made some great connections, some great friends, and and relationships just from doing that. And once you start establishing the relationships and you build your own network and you build your own tribe, I heard you mention earlier, that's when you start to see. Real results. And although I'm readily random, I, I, my, my focus is helping others not compare themselves to their, not competitors, but their same space. Yeah. Same space. Yeah. There you go. So uh, that's one of my big focuses. And that's kind of what I started giving talks on. And that's when I started getting established with a focus. I can still be random. I can still bring on random guests. I got a couple coming up that are going to be like, what? Why are they there? That's, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But they're cool people. But at the same time, I'm still going to channel it all back to my niche, my focus. And I see that's what you've done over your 430 episodes.
1: Well, I love this. So there's a few, quite a few different things to unpack here. So so let's start with this. Sure. Just because we're saying that it's, you know, it's very difficult right off the gate to to make money off of this. doesn't We're not saying that it's impossible. True. You, just, you just have to figure out how to do it. And, and one of the ways to do it is, right, we try to be too many things to two different people. You, you mentioned the word niche. Right, there are a couple of different things that that you can and should do and shouldn't do. If you want this to be a cool, fun project that you don't care if you're making money, go and do whatever you want. Talk to people that you want. Right, have the content that you want. That's great. And if that's a creative outlet for you, even better. If you're trying to make this a side hustle or even make you a little bit of money because of the things that you're doing in your podcast, that that's great too. But you got to figure out that there are a couple of different ways to do it. Obviously, sponsors. You can sell your own stuff on. On your show, right? You can have affiliate links. You can do a lot of different things. For us, 430 episodes, uh, a bunch of downloads, uh, a bunch of great guests. We still don't have any sponsors. We don't want any sponsors, right? I, I yeah, you know, I want to be able to feel like I can do what I want, how I want, and and it's been fantastic for us. So when we're like people are like the downloads and the number of podcasts or episodes that you have, you should be able to to do it. And I'm like, yeah, we're not like hurting for money or trying or people are rejecting us. We just don't want to. And the, the way, so I don't make money on our podcast, but we make money because of our podcast, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. We don't I'm make sure. money from the sponsors, but because of the, like you mentioned, the connections that you make, right? The networks that, the, the network that you're able to build, uh, of these influential people that, that are, should be in your, you know, in, in your niche. That's, that pays for itself more than the, Five hundred bucks that I'm going to make per episode for a sponsor or whatever it is, and and so it's it's worked for us. And I I treat our podcast like a creative outlet for me, but also a marketing arm for our our shows. And a lot of the speakers that we have on our at our festivals are past guests that uh, had a great experience with me and, and our audience. And you know, n- not that I love uh, sharing this from the rooftops or anything, but we don't pay any of our speakers right? They fly their own way into some of these cities and they pay for their own hotel and their own meals and stuff like that. And and obviously not one of the things that is easy to do just about anybody, but because of the great experience that they had on our show, they're willing to do that. And the, the engagement that they had with our, with our audience, they're like, it's going to make sense for me as an author, as an entrepreneur or whatever to go to this community live and, and interact and, you know, I'm spending the 1500 bucks or whatever it is to to fly there and and stay there. And so that's the kind of vibe that we're trying to to put out there. But, but you also talked about niche, right? If, if you're focused, if your show is focused enough, right, whether it was comedy or basket weaving or whatever it is, there's a group of people out there that, that want that stuff. And so if you're niche enough and you find your audience, even with 50, down, uh, 50 downloads, you can make money off of it somehow, right? Whether it's a sponsor that's willing to pay you for those 50 people or, or whatever it is, or you're selling your own stuff, you don't need a huge audience to be able to make money if that's the route that you want to go. No, it's just got to be laser
0: focused, man. It's just got to be, you, you, just crazy. like you said, if it's basket weaving, sell basket weaving products, you know, sell, exactly sell, right. sell basket weaving instructionals, build a basket weaving course. You know, I've got my course on Udemy that's crushing it. It has been for about six months now. Uh, on podcasting, how to start a podcast. And it's just one plus one equals podcast. Super simple, super straightforward, and people seem to like it. And I would not have that if I hadn't originally started podcasting, kind of learned the space, learned the connections, found this coach that helped me build the course and get it out there. Didn't do it on my own. I want to say I did, but I didn't. So, you know, this whole thing, nothing that we do here is on our own. And that goes back to the awesomeness of the community you don't have to do it on your own. People are willing to help. People are willing to co-author. People are willing to point you in the right direction. And um, you know, I, I put a post up today, are show notes something that are of the past? Are, are they still critical? Or I are it. just kind saw, of overhyped? Yeah. yeah. So you know, that, that's, that's generated some conversation that's kind of fun. So everybody jumps in there and everybody contributes and it's really, really cool. And, and the funny part is that
1: what works for me won't necessarily work for you and vice versa, but, but everybody's willing to kind of say, Hey, this is what worked for me, or this is what I think would work. And then now it's up to you to kind of take that information and process it and, and make sure that you are making the best decisions for your show and, and, and even the business. But that's life and that's beautiful, right? I mean, some of us are going to fail at it. Some of us are going to succeed at it. Some of us are going to put her along for, for the next five years and, and just be okay with it. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Not every show needs to be the number one show in your, in your category. Although that'd be nice, right? Man, again, if I have 500 people that are listening to me, that's awesome. That's even better.
0: Right. In winding this thing down, what would you consider your biggest lesson over the last, what, seven years that you've been doing this?
1: Yeah. Great question. So many mistakes that I made throughout this. Um, And and so maybe I'll combine two of them. The fact that I didn't know who we were or what we wanted to accomplish was the first mistake. Cause then now I'm all over the place and spend a lot of money on a lot of different projects, a lot of different things. And I was trying to build something without a, without a blueprint, basically. So I was, you know, if it's, if it's a building analogy, I I was building rooms here and rooms back there and a bathroom upstairs and no stair, you know, that kind of stuff. So I was, I was busy doing stuff and felt like business and work, but it wasn't making any sense. So not knowing. What you want to accomplish, number one, is the the biggest lesson that I learned. And then after you figure that out, being consistent, being consistent with your content, with your strategy, with the things that you're doing. If you're gonna do an episode a week, do an episode a week. If you can do seasons of it, do seasons and stay consistent. You, you're gonna grow a uh, a loyal audience by that than anything else. I think right, having great content, but but being consistent uh, with your audience as well consistent with the level of content that you're putting out there with the schedule, with everything else that you're providing uh, is huge. Right. And so again, it's not rocket science, but it's still very difficult to do.
0: Sure. Most definitely. You know, and I think we have that lesson just about in anything in life is there's not a whole lot of things that you undertake without having some sort of plan or some sort of direction. But I think so many people jump into the podcasting space, just go, Hey, come listen to my podcast where me and my three buddies, we shoot the shit about video games. No one cares, bro. You know, you you don't have a a, a niche. You don't have a focus. You don't have a plan. So you got to lay all that out to have a little bit of success regardless of where you're at. So Ever, I got to say thanks, man, for joining me today. Before I let you go, tell me anything and everything you want us to know about Outlier HQ and the upcoming virtual podcast festival next week.
1: Yeah, Outlier Podfest, OutlierPodfest.com. You can go there. You are gonna see all the speakers that we have there, our schedule because of the pandemic and and the things that are going on with you know economically with people losing jobs or being reduced in in pay all that good stuff we decided to to go pay as you want right so you can uh, pay as little as five bucks uh i think the general admission tickets uh, we brought it down to 50 bucks but you can pay anything from five bucks to 50 bucks and you have access to all the videos all of the speakers Uh, there's some great content that's going to be provided there Uh, anything from building a community to marketing, monetization, to tech and innovation, to storytelling, all those four tracks can be covered in those three days. And uh, I'm very excited about the lineup that we've been able to put together and the people that are, were so willing to kind of do this again, these guys are professionals for the most part to like doing it from stage, but they're going to do it from probably their bedroom, their living room, right? Wherever, wherever they are right now, um, because they still want to keep in touch with the community and and uh, not just that, but Throughout uh, the rest of the year, we're going to have webinars and uh, different sessions and live events that we're going to be doing almost every week. Uh, Like we're going to have Jordan uh, from formerly of uh, the Art of Charm uh, on the the show. We're going to have Fireside Chat talking about his journey, podcasting in general, all those things. And so we're going to have a lot of cool people for free coming on and and chatting with us and sharing it with the the community. So outlierhq.com for our website, outlierhq.com. And uh, for the, for the uh, festival website, outlierpodfest.com, outlierpodfest.com.
0: Cool deal. And of course, we'll have all those links in the show notes as well, because I will include show notes regardless of my my question there in the podcast movement gig. So anyways, Ever, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure having you on. I apologize for the uh, the, the little lapse in, in in brain power there. I don't know if I just kind of went to sleep or what happened, but you know, <laughs> it happened. That's what it was. I was like, "Oh god, this guy was supposed to be cool." <laughs> no, no but great. anyway, no, it was great, man. I really appreciate it and I look forward to checking out the event next week. Hey, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Take care, man. Hey everybody, that was Ever Gonzalez from Outlier HQ and man, Ever has a lot of great things going on. So if you have the opportunity, I highly recommend that you check out his event starting next Wednesday. And whether you're a podcaster or not, I guarantee you there is a speaker in that lineup that can help you along your entrepreneurial journey. So check that out. Hey, thank you once again for listening to this episode of the Readily Random Podcast. I am Larry Roberts, and we'll do it again next week. Thanks. Bye.